Again, I am so thrilled to be here delivering the Word of the Lord to you specifically. The Lord has an intention and a purpose for my visit and for us gathering here this weekend. And that purpose is more than what will take place in these meetings. The purpose of the Lord is literally, and I know some of you may be shocked at this and say, well, how could you know this? And because I walk with the Lord and I hear from the Lord and the Lord's intention for these meetings is somehow through these meetings whenever to plant a church here. Not for me. I don't live here. But for the many hundreds of thousands of people in this region that are without the truth of the gospel. I'm talking about Christians who know the gospel that saved them, but they don't know the gospel that can lead them on. It takes the power of the cross even after you're saved, or you will not have the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, we're going to venture into a message titled, Walking in the Spirit, or Recognizing the Spirit of God. Because so many things we've called the Spirit of God is not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God does not work based on my feelings and my emotions. The Spirit of God working in my life will give me feelings and emotions. But He does not work based on my feelings and emotions. He works based on one thing and one thing only. Only one. And it's if I will exercise as a Christian this measure of faith that I was given in the very object that allowed God to give it to me, which is the death of His Son. If that's not what my faith is deliberately and consciously in, the Holy Spirit will not work in your life. Amen. 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 And if you believe that, and you'll see it in the Scriptures today, and believe it even more, then you will be able to recognize how much time we've wasted. Because if the Holy Spirit's not working... It is a waste of time. It took the Holy Spirit to create the worlds. Amen. Jesus is the creator. God used him to create the worlds. The Holy Spirit was hovering upon the face of the deep, waiting for what? The word of the Lord. And when the word of the Lord said, let there be light, the Spirit of God went to work. It takes the Spirit of God for everything if God is involved. It took the Spirit of God for Jesus to live a sinless life and even to die on the cross. It took the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 9 and 14 tell us that through the eternal Spirit, Jesus shed His blood on Calvary's tree. Nothing that God does, does He do it outside of His Spirit. His spirit is who he is. It's not a lesser person of the Godhead. It's an equal person. We call the third person of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Nothing happens without the Holy Spirit. Nothing. Nothing happens without the Spirit of God. So everything we're calling the Spirit of God, it is not the Spirit of God unless the Spirit of God has found our heart touching Calvary. Literally. 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 This is what's wrong with the church today. They don't really believe this. They will be like puppets in the congregation and do this the whole service. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But they don't really believe this. If they believed this, it would change their direction. It, but it, it, and it would bring much suffering to them, and that's why we really avoid it, but, because it will bring suffering, but it will also bring 
The peace that the Spirit of God can minister. The strength of Christ that only the Spirit of God can minister. It will, it will, the Holy Spirit will put us in our giftings that we've wasted so much time trying to work for our giftings and make a place for ourselves. But the Bible says that our gift will make a place for us. We're not to make a place for it. It takes the Spirit of God. And we'll see in these scriptures today how the Holy Spirit has been given to us because Christ died on the cross. And when He went and He was seated at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit was sent. And the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And today we have the Holy Spirit abiding within us. But very few Christians... And I mean that in a great way. Very few Christians know how the Holy Spirit works. And if we don't know how He works, we will be doing many things and tagging it in the Holy Spirit as it's the Holy Spirit and it will not be. Many are doing good works that are not the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Just because we call it good and men see that it is good doesn't mean that it is good. Do you know that a lost person who's not born again, a lost person cannot even do a good work in the eyes of God? I don't care if they're feeding the hungry. The hungry may be getting a blessing, but God sees what they're doing from a corrupt and evil tree, and He will not bless it because it's not His Spirit doing it. They will get to eat a sandwich, praise be to God, but the person doing it will not be honored or rewarded by God because they're lost. So we'll see in the Word today that we're living under a new covenant Mm -hmm. and everything is changed. The the covenant has changed. The the priesthood has changed. The law has changed. We're no longer under the law of Moses, the law of the old, but we are under law. This church don't know this. We're under law. We're under new covenant law. And it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 2 tells us there, we'll look at it. It's the only place, it's the perimeters within which the Holy Spirit works and He will not work outside of it, meaning in Christ Jesus. And the, the natural mindset may say, well, I'm in Christ Jesus, so the Holy Spirit... Who, who I have is just going to work in me. No, there's a beautiful scripture in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 that tells us that we have to walk in Christ Amen. just like we received Him. Amen. That's a very important scripture. That if you're not walking just like you received Him, meaning faith in His death, then you're, then you're not being led by the Spirit. You're not walking in the Spirit. There is a new covenant. There's a new priesthood. I believe if you're taking notes, and I'll get into this here in a minute, but I'm just quoting other scriptures right now. But in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 12, the Bible tells us because the priesthood changed, the law had to change too. It was necessary, it says, that the law be changed. So we're not under the law of Moses, but we're still under law. God always has only functioned under law with men. Anybody know what the first words God ever spoke to man was? Do you know? The first thing God said to man in the garden was, the Bible says it this way in Genesis 2.16, and the Lord God commanded the man. He didn't just have a little conversation, a little, hey, hey, get up some tea, guys. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. And the first words from God to man was a command, a command of freedom. To eat of all the trees in the garden, especially the tree of life. But every promise of God comes with a warning. Uh. The Bible is full of promise, 
but no less than its equal, along beside it, warning. John 3.16 is even a promise and a warning. If you believe upon the Son that God sent, you'll have everlasting life, and you won't perish. It's a warning. The Bible is full of warnings. And this weekend is one of that nature as well. It's a warning that you being offered this great treasure of eyesight and direction and to put it over here will bring even greater horrors in the days ahead now that you heard it and now that you know it because to whom much is given, much is required. So we'll see this morning that the Holy Spirit works exclusively within the perimeters of your faith in the cross of Christ. He won't work outside of that, even if you're singing worship songs, even if you're praying, even if you're fasting, if you're not touching with your heart the death of Jesus and that's not what you're trusting in, the Holy Spirit has nowhere to work. He is the Spirit of grace. Grace is not just a word. Grace is the spirit of grace. Grace is God at work. We know that because we're saved by grace. Well, who saved us? God, through what He did in His Son on the cross. Amen. The Bible says we're taught by grace. Well, who is it that teaches us? I can declare the word, but the Holy Spirit is the teacher. The spirit of grace. Paul said he labored by the grace of God. That means by the spirit of grace working in his life because Paul's faith was always anchored in the death of Jesus. Always. Even when it got him whipped. Even when it got him stoned and left for dead. He wouldn't change his message so they would back away. Paul preached the message of the cross. It would get him stoned and left for dead. And the spirit of grace, the grace of God, the next day would stand him on his feet and walk him right back into the town that stoned him and he would preach again. That's what grace does. The spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth. These things are not separated. Grace is the spirit of God. Not just some force or strength. Grace, the grace of God is the spirit of God. So the first scripture let's look at this morning is Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. A very promising scripture, but with it a great warning. We're going to be talking about walking in the spirit this morning. A lady recently told me, I gave her a book, and the book's title was, I didn't write it, but the title was, How to Live for God. And the, and the book reveals the only way to live for God. The Bible reveals one way to live for God. She takes the book, she looks at it, and she says, Oh, how to live for God. Well, duh, you just live for God. And that's where the church is today. You just live for God. No, you you don't get to pick and choose how you live for God. You'll not live for God unless you're presenting your body a living sacrifice. Because the life of Christ only flows out of His death moment by moment. You don't get to experience The expression of Christ just because you got saved. The church is in trouble today and they're expressing just about everything but Christ. Because their faith is not in the death of Christ. You see, when your faith is in the death of Christ, that means that's where you find your union and you've now found the leading of the Holy Spirit because He won't lead you under law. He won't lead you under law. That means He'll never lead you into doing something to get something from God. He leads you in your doing because you already have something from God. One's grace, one's law. 
One's grace, one's law. I'm doing to get or I'm doing because I've already been given everything. One's grace, one is law. One is my works, one is the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit at work. So here in the 16th verse of Galatians 5, the Bible says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, i got to say this morning that the lust of the flesh is something we all deal with 24-7. You'll never escape your flesh lusting. It may not be lusting what he's lusting after, and his flesh may not be lusting what my flesh is lusting after. It may be the list is forever long. It may be money, money, money. Or it may be her, her, her that ain't mine, mine, mine. Or it may be position. Lusting of the flesh. And the promise here is not that you won't, not that you will escape the lust of the flesh, but that if you learn what it means and you will choose to walk in the Spirit, that the lust of the flesh will not be fulfilled in your life. You're not getting away from the lust of the flesh in that thing you're living in. You're not getting away from that till you're with Jesus. That thing you're living in is going to be lusting 24-7 for something to say something, to do something, to get the last word, to give them a piece of my mind, to let them know to do Jesus. And if I'm escaping that, I got to walk in the Spirit. Yes. Yes. It's my only escape. Yes. The lust of this thing, it ain't going nowhere until I go and I'm with Jesus. Yes. I mean, we're talking about it this morning. Yep. Talking about talking about Lee, this man in our church, he always says, I ask him, how you doing? Well, I, at least I'm on this side of the ground. I say, brother, if you saved, you always going to be on this side Amen. of the ground. <laughs> Folk worried about dying. That's going to be your next biggest event. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's your portal into glory land. Yes. Death ain't a bad thing. It is an enemy, but God uses even the death for our profit. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Ain't nobody signing up to leave today, but if you do, it's going to be the best thing happening to you since you got saved. How do I know that? Because you're going to be face to face with your master. Yes. Hallelujah. Woo! So everybody on the planet including the church, has got a lust, a flesh-lusting problem. Everybody. I don't care how holy they look, how big their Bible is, how well they can minister the Word of the Lord. I don't care how long we've been saved. I don't care. It, all of that don't matter. You cannot escape the lust of the flesh. It is lusting 24-7 to get its way. Hey, have you ever noticed that everything's going good until somebody interrupts your day? <laughs> it is your day, right? I thought it was the day of the Lord. This is the day of the Lord. But we find out quickly how just how much, no, no, it's my day. And you done butted off up in him. You want to make somebody mad, interrupt their plans. Your husband ain't doing what you think he ought to do. She ain't acting like you think she ought to act. Y'all arguing over everything. It's time somebody learn how to walk in the Spirit. Because if you don't, even if you know this, you still don't have to. That's called the good fight of faith. Just because you know this truth don't mean you'll choose to submit yourself to it. See, that's what the cross does. If your faith is in the cross, you're going to walk in the Spirit. When you're not walking in the Spirit, you're not trusting in what Jesus did. 
You can cry tears and sing songs till the sun goes down. But you ain't, if you ain't walking in the Spirit, you're not worshiping in the Spirit. And if your faith is not literally, deliberately, and consciously in the place where Jesus died, and you died with him. Because that's your answer right there. Right, right, right. A dead man don't have no lust of the flesh. Right. You do know that Jesus didn't come, and he's not trying to make the old man better. That's right. That's right. Church don't know that today. They think the Lord's trying to make the old man better. He won't pour that new wine in that old wine skin. The answer for your victory is learning to walk in the Spirit. But that ain't a candle in your favorite song. That's stuff that makes you feel good. Man, look how pretty that candle is. Glory to God. I'm in my place. Ain't nothing wrong with the prayer closet. As long as when you come out of there, you done been with Jesus. Right. You ain't been with Jesus. Yes. Right. If you don't come out there walking in the Spirit. Right. Right. And you ain't walking in the Spirit if your faith ain't touching out. It's not even Bible faith. It's not even Bible faith if that heart's not yielded yes. to count. That means you can't. I'm crucified with Christ. But yet I live. But wait a minute. It ain't me no more. Christ is now living in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who, what did he do by faith? He loved me by faith and he gave himself for me by faith. If that ain't what I'm living by, I ain't living, honey. I can sing the songs. and As I said last night, the flesh will do everything but take the cross up. The flesh will do it all. The flesh will do everything religious. But you start talking about the cross and that flesh going to rear up. You start talking about the cross. It's amazing what a little handful of people in a big city can do. You got your little group of people, got your little church over there. Them people just all focused on the cross. That's all they want to talk about. And, and it seems like wouldn't nobody give a flip. You over out the way, you know that little cheap, run-down building, because that's all you can afford. And, but the whole city now talking about you. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because you're preaching the power. Yes, that's yeah. the power right there. God ain't looking for a multitude. He's looking for a few yes. that will walk in the Spirit, Amen. carry this message. Seems like nobody'd even be ca- nobody be giving you the time of day. Right, it's true. But when you start preaching this message, you're gonna turn a city upside down. Yeah. You're gonna turn a city upside down. Yeah. God's gonna let them know you are here. Yes. Because this is the message that gets the attention. Amen. For those who are hungry, those who are seeking. I wanna live right, but I can't. I keep trying, but I keep failing. I've been told, just be like Christ. But every time I try, it ain't working. I've been told to imitate him. But every time I try, I'm like a bad actor that can't remember his lines. (laughs) I I, I can't imitate him. I can't be like him. Who can be like Jesus? Nobody. We're not called to imitate him. We're called to partake of him. You can't imitate him. He's perfect. Right. But you can partake of him. And he can be expressed through you. Come on. Because it ain't us God's trying to put on display here. That's coming in the eternal ages once we leave. But for now, through our faith in the sacrifice, the most unwanted message, God reveals his power to those who are looking for the way to live godly. Yes. He'll show it to them. The others won't see it because they don't think they need it. Mm. So if we're going to escape the fulfilling of the lust of our flesh, that means if I've got something in my life that's controlling me, or I just think I need to be like something, I need to be... I, I need to be cool. I, I, need, to, I need to fit in. I, I, you know, I, listen... That, that, that's not the talk of a child of God. Amen. 
A child of God wants to be pleasing to God, not just in private, but they want everybody to see that their life is pleasing to God. And no, we'll never be perfect. But listen, Christians are, are, are crying out to God. They're going to bed at night saying, Lord, I know this is wrong, but I don't know how to get out of it. Please forgive me. And the next day, it doesn't change because they don't understand the power of the cross. They don't know how to walk in the Spirit. They don't know what it means. Nobody's telling them. But we got a Bible. Hallelujah. The Bible says if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know what that means? It means if you're not walking in the Spirit, you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will constantly continue to bicker and to argue and to pick and, and claw. And, and just all those things yeah, that are yeah. nothing but flesh. Yeah. When we could be walking in the Spirit. Yeah. And, and let, let's just use the example of marriages. I, our Christian marriages are supposed to be a, a light, a, an example of the, the marriage that Christ has with His church. Yes, yeah. amen. Yep. Well, it's not unless we're walking in the Spirit. All we're doing is we we doing all that we do at home, and it's shut. And, and uh, you know, I just, you just need I, 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 you just need to learn it. <laughs> and then we walk into church door and glory be to God. My Lord, that's miserable. Yes, that's a miserable yes. thing. Jesus didn't die for that. He died so that we could get in the car after church and get home at the lunch table and say, thank you, Jesus, yes. for the truth of Calvary. Yes. My Lord, the cross changes everything. Yes, it changes you. Yes. Without it, there is no change. That's right. That's right. Mm. Let's keep reading verse 17 here in Galatians 5. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, means they're working against each other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You don't want to argue and bicker and fight, but you can't stop. You don't want to do this, this, or that, because it's hindering your witness unto the Lord and your testimony to other, well, to everyone. And you want those things gone. And this... Fifth chapter of Galatians teaches us how they go by walking in the Spirit. It's crazy out there. This preacher, and I don't know who he is, but I heard it told. And here's an example of what's wrong today. Preacher, I guess he had a big name. I don't remember. I'm sure it was. Somebody telling a story about this guy. And he tells his wife, I'm going into the closet to pray. Do not knock on the door. Do not open the door, even if you think I'm dead. Just don't open it. I'm not coming out till I hear from the Lord. And people who don't know this truth about Calvary, I don't care what they're doing, how long they're doing it, God ain't going to be in it. And he comes out some three days later, and he says, the Lord told me three things I have to do if I want to see this, this, and this. Well, it couldn't have been the Lord because he's not going to tell you what you have to do to see the victory. He's going to tell you what his son did. There are many things that we're called to do. We are God's workmanship. Ephesians 2.10 but if you don't know 2 Corinthians 4.12 that the Bible says God's working in you dead, then you're going to be thinking it's him trying to work all other kind of stuff in you. Well, God's working patience in me. No, he's working dead. Well, God's working uh, this and that and all the other. In- no, he's working death in you because out of death and your faith in it comes all that you're looking for. Love, joy, peace. Everything. It only comes out of death if you'll accept that the Bible says it's death. He's working in you. He's working all that other. He's working death in you. 
That's what you, how many Bible believers we got here this morning? I ask our church all the time, are we still Bible believers? Yeah. If he's working death in me, I've got to accept that. Yeah. It's the death of Jesus. It's my death with him. Yeah. I'm getting out of the picture more and more. Because yeah. yes. if I'm still trying to keep my place in the big picture, I'm going to have big problems because Amen. I am my problem. Amen. The cross got rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> And if I keep my faith in the cross, then I am going to be out the way, yeah, and Jesus yeah. is going to be the right, way right, to me. Right. Come on. Amen. 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 So here it says in verse 18, but if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. You see, the lust of the flesh being fulfilled in our lives presents us I'm not so sure we're back under the law. We could be, but we sure will be living as though we are under it. Because that's where all the bickerings and arguings and, and all the things come from is our not walking in the Spirit. And if you're not walking in the Spirit, that means you're trusting in something you're doing. Right. Well, if I don't tell them what I think, <laughs> you know how men are. Men... Christian men have these jobs and they're supervisors and they think, well, if I don't curse them, they won't know how serious I am. Oh, you ain't got to curse. Take that ink pen out and write them on up. That's right. That's right. Come on. You depending on foul language to move somebody Come into obedience? Right. You ain't mean. trusting in the Lord? Come on now. Preach that. You doing good back there this morning, honey? <laughs> Blue tongue? <laughs> This is, this is where it gets real. Yeah. Right? If you be led in the spirit of the Spirit, you're not under the law. You know, that's a powerful verse. It is. That if the Spirit's leading you, He's never leading you into something that you're doing to get something for God. He's leading you in the path of righteousness because you've already got everything. Right. Amen. He'll never lead you. When you hear anybody tell you, if you'll do these three things, God will do it. No, no, that's a lie. That's somebody trying to put you in a place where the Spirit of God won't work. It won't work. That puts you, That listen, when somebody tells you you've got to do this, this, or this to either get saved or be delivered from anything, they're actually stirring up the sin nature and putting it in motion according to Romans chapter 7 verse 5. It's the law that stirs up the sin nature. Yes. So when anybody's telling you what you have to do to be saved or to be delivered from something, anything, what you have to do, they're telling you that. They're helping you dig the hole yep. that you're already in. Yep. And they're piling dirt on top of you even though they're ignorant Preach. of it. They do not right, know it. Right. They're crying tears with you yes. because they want your deliverance as yes. much as you do. Yep. Maybe not as much as you do. But they want your deliverance and they're crying real tears. Their heart is really broken, but they do not know the truth. Right. Because when I'm telling someone they need to do something, even if it's study the Word, go to church, give, all these things that we're called to do, those are still things we're doing. And we're not saved or delivered by what we do. And if you sit here this morning and you think you are, then you don't know what I'm preaching. He won't honor what you do. We're his workmanship. It's got to be him working. And he's working dead into me so that I'll stay dead and out the way. This world ain't about me making a name for myself. This world's about Christ. That's what they need. Mm. Where are we? Here we are. Verse 22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit tells us what it is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Verse 24, And they that are Christ, are you Christ today? Are you born yeah, again? Right. Are, are you saved? Yeah. They that are Christ have, past tense, when we were born again, crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. The cross is what get, got rid of all our affections and lust in this world. It's the cross. Yeah, right. 
The cross is the only thing that that God has offered to save us, to to bring us into His family. Ephesians 2.13 says we were brought near by the blood. Nothing else. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Can't no preacher. It takes Jesus and what He did at Calvary, the shedding of His blood, to draw you and to bring you near and to justify you by that blood. And if you keep your faith that He gave you when you were saved, exercised in that death, you will experience your death with Him, but also you're being alive unto God now. You cannot experience being alive unto God unless you are... Let me say it this way. You cannot be in the experience of resurrection, life, and power. I said the experience of it unless you are reckoning yourself to be dead indeed to that old man. And if you don't do that at 6 a.m. and then live your day without that, when they say this to you, when they do that to you, when the phone call comes or when somebody interrupts your day, you better be there on guard, right? guarding your heart. Yes. The Bible says out of it come all our issues. Yes. You better be ready in that moment yes. to reckon yourself to be yes. dead indeed. Because if that's not the warfare you're in, you're in some make-believe warfare and you're getting your backside spanked by the enemy. Yeah, and that's where most of the church is. Yeah. That while they're screaming at the devil, you can't have my marriage, you can't have my kids, he's taking it while you're talking to right, him. Right. Because the Bible, we got we still got Bible believers in here. Yes, the Bible says the only thing that will make the devil flee is when you resist him steadfast yes. in the faith. Yes. Not some faith, yes. the faith. Eight but one. That's the faith of Christ that loved you and gave himself for you. It's high time the church learns what the backside of the devil looks like. Ah, you don't have to talk to him. It's one, one, it's one avenue you won't hear me talking much about is the devil unless I'm telling you something about him. You better be careful. I don't talk to him. I don't talk to him. He ain't worthy of my voice. Hallelujah. I don't carry on conversations with the devil. Why would I when I've got a Savior I'm talking to? Mm. That's right. All that wasted time right? screaming at the devil, right. shouting at the devil. And he's going, shout a little louder. Yep, yep. Shout a little louder. Stomp a little harder. <laughs> You know, the devil, he's old sly, cunning old thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll hang his hat over here and make you watch it while he comes around the other way and My slaps God. you off your feet. So true. You know, the only way he can't do that is if your heart's touching it. Yes. It's got to be touching it. It yes. can't be your words. Yes. It's got to be a yielded heart to the death of Jesus. Yes. That, see, there's where he lost his power. Yes. Right. I've seen it all. I've seen a group of women get together one time Mm -hmm. back in the 90s and they were having little demon casting out parties among Christians. They was taking mason jars in there and putting devils, they said, in mason jars. You'll do some of the dumbest stuff if you don't understand (laughs) how. Right, right, right. I knew enough. I didn't know them, but I heard of another group of people that spent all this money for plane tickets to fly up to Colorado, up on a high mountain. You know, we're going up to the high places, glory. <laughs> we're going to cast the devil's kingdom down. The devil's kingdom got cast down. Come on! Right. Years yes. It's a bunch of witchcraft. Right. Yep. It's a bunch of devil enjoying what he sees in the church today. He's in almost every pulpit with a nice suit on and an eloquent voice. He's there. How do I know? Because he's talking about everything that what crushed his head and will run him away. He won't talk about that. He don't want you to know what it means to walk in the Spirit. Because if you walk in the Spirit, he's done. Glory to God. 
He's done. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He's, he's already wasted too much of our lives already. already. But the only ground the enemy has to work on is that old man. Yeah. Flesh. Yeah. That's, the only, that's the only avenue he's got to harm us. Yeah. And if we're not understanding where our faith has to be, he's got ground to work on. If we don't understand how the sin nature remains dormant and we're trusting in all these other things, the sin nature revives. Romans 7, 9 tells us it does. And when the sin nature revives, that's his working ground. That's his playground. When I'm not trusting in the death of Jesus, he has an avenue to slither his way in and to slap me around. And if you're not careful, he'll slap you around and make you like it. It's like a woman who's getting beaten by her husband believing in some distorted way right. that that's just the way he shows me he loves yeah, me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the devil will do that too. Yes, yeah. he will. He'll slap you around all your life and make you make excuses about it. Mm. Where are we now? Here we are. Mm. They that are Christ's, have cru- as past tense, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts, verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. You do know that when you were born again is the moment you entered into the Spirit. Amen. And the Spirit entered into you. Both. Romans chapter 8, verses 9, I believe it is 9 or 10, tell us that if Christ dwell in you, you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If Christ dwell in you, you're in the Spirit. And He's in you. And you become one. And the Bible here tells us that if we, and it really should say, because we do live in the Spirit then let us walk in the Spirit. You don't have to walk in the Spirit. That's a choice. Even me, even those of us who know this truth, you still have to fight to believe. It's called the good fight of faith. Because you still got that lust in flesh. I know the truth. I know the way of victory. Now 99.9% of the church does not know so they're bound under the dominion of the sin nature. Mm. Even if it's in some, all the things that seem right and look good and look special and all this religious stuff, it's still the dominion of the sin nature yeah, yeah, if they're yeah. not trusting in the death of Jesus. That's right. That's right. It's the sin nature ruling. And he'll rule more than in a Jack Daniels bottle, more than in drugs. Yeah, right, he'll yeah. rule behind the pulpit. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Woo. He'll rule all these preachers quitting today by the drove. All these preachers cheating on their wives by the drove. Things are getting worse. There's only one thing that will stop it. One, not two, not one. That's That's when we realize my place is with Christ in his death. A dead man not going to do that stuff. And there ain't but one other part of me other than the dead man who's crucified with Christ, and that's the new man. Have you ever wondered who it is that's being conformed to the image of Christ? It's not your old man. It's not your flesh. So who is it? It's the new man. It's the new man. Your new man is comprised of a saved soul and a new spirit that is alive. When we were lost, we had a a lost soul and we had a dead spirit that we could not communicate with God through. It was dead. Right. But Ezekiel tells us that one day we'd get a new spirit. We know because we have received that new spirit. Yeah, that's right. A new spirit that is now alive and a saved soul. Together, intrinsically, they are what make up the new man. But our mind, our will, and our emotions right. are within the seat of our soul. And although it's saved now, so it still has to choose to submit to the truth of the gospel. And we don't always do that, do we? 
when she makes me mad, I'm going to have to. When they've been riding on my bumper for 20 miles, and they ain't going to pass me now, you're going to have to put your eye on them. <laughs> My wife, you, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> My wife, I wish you'd come with me. Y'all love her. She's sweet as honey. <laughs> she carries a big stick too, though. <laughs> she used to tell me all the time they'd be somebody on me. I mean, right up on me, right up on the highway. They'd be getting, but here they come. She said, here they come. Don't look at them. Right, right. 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 So look. You, you won't put that eye on them like that yeah. eye on them. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's why you're laughing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Don't do it. Yeah. They know what you want. Don't do it. That flesh. Yeah. That flesh will dig a hole. Going out. And listen, child of God, right. that flesh will dig a hole and it'll keep on digging that hole. Yeah, will. And the whole time it's digging, it'll think it's doing something right and good, but it's digging. And it won't be no end to that digging until you put that shovel that self is using yes, down for yes. self's purpose mm. and you go back to Calvary. Yeah. How many marriages have been just totally ruined among Christians right. all because they either don't know the way of victory or they choose not to trust in it. My There's never been a married couple of Christians who both trusted in Calvary's right. cross that got divorced. Right. One may stop and throw the other away. Right. Both may leave it behind and go their own way. But two people, a man and a woman, who are Christians yes. who know the way of victory yes. will never be yeah. divorced. Right, yeah. right. right. Because when they get divorced, that means somebody or both parties put the cross down. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. As long as you deny self, right. because that's what divorce is all about, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Self. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's what everything's about. It's yes. not faith right. in the cross. Yes. 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 That's right. Wow. Bad things happen in the church. And they don't even know why. When you ask some preacher, he'll just make up something because he really don't know either. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I know. They say, well, you're just prideful. You think you know. <laughs> you know, what time is it? I got to be careful here. You know, it'll be supper time here in a minute. How long have I got? 113. 113? How long's it been? I'm talking about since I started. It's 1.13. I'll go for a little while longer. If you, if you do not know this truth, you cannot live this truth. Right. You can try hard, but that won't get it. Right. And God will not honor. He will not honor what he is not doing. Amen. God only honors what God does. Right. Jesus said that you can do nothing with God. Right. Right. God only honors what God does, and God only works within the perimeters of the truth of what his son did at Calvary. Right. The Bible says God forbids that you boast in anything other than the cross of Christ. Mm -hmm. Galatians 5, 16. What is it, 514? Or 6.14. God forbid that you boast in anything other than the cross of Christ through which you were crucified to the world and the world unto you. Right. Galatians 6.14. It's where I got confused about 16. Is the 16th verse, two verses later, he says, as many as are of this rule, meaning sphere, boundary, See, this is a place. God won't work outside of it. And to believe he does means you're wrong. <laughs> That's what it means. You have no scriptural proof that God works outside the perimeters of faith in the sacrifice. And God is more serious under the new covenant than he was the old covenant. We, we've been taught backwards on that. Well, at least we're not under the law of Moses. My Lord, they, they would stone people. Who do you think it was that killed Ananias and Sapphira? Mm -hmm. 
Who put them to death? We like to have this picture of Jesus floating around on the cloud just being all lovey-dovey. And, <laughs> and, and he is more love than we'll know in this life. And he's more merciful and gracious than we'll know in this life. But he is also a man of war. And when what he did at Calvary is looked at and pushed aside, that is not good. That is not good. That is spitting at the cross. That is spitting at God. And I, I mean, we have to be very careful about that. Now, it's 1.15. I'm going to quit at 1.30, all right? 15 more minutes. That ain't too bad. We started at 12. We usually have two-hour worship services. You doing good over there? Good. That's a fine young man right there. That boy's going to be a good one. I want us to look at something as we take the last 15 minutes of this message and see something to, to, to let the Lord confirm this truth in our hearts. Now, before we do that, I want to remind you that what I preach and what I teach basically is always going to have a warning in it about not going the wrong way. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you will always look at the other side of that, which is if you don't go the wrong way, but you get in line in God's way, you get it all. Amen. You get it all. He will not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly before him. What is that? Psalms 84, 11? Okay, now listen to this great, great, great revelation right here. I pray the Holy Spirit just put it in your heart. Yes. That God will not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly before him. And in Antioch, there's a story that you can read about in Galatians 2, where Peter, all of a sudden, with Barnabas and some other Jews that were there, were moved with fear away from the old Gentile group they were in fellowship with, enjoying, they were sucking the, the meat right off them chicken legs, <laughs> something Peter didn't get to do, and boy, they were enjoying all the freedom with the Gentiles, but get this now, the Bible says in Galatians 2 that there were some coming from James's church. Mm -hmm. sure. You do know that the church in Jerusalem never did really give up the law. Mm -hmm. They believed in Christ, but they never went with what Paul taught. Because they were coming, and in them coming, it moved Peter with fear, the Bible says, into a boat of hypocrisy. It caused dissimulation. Hypocrisy. And Paul, moved on by the Holy Spirit, and he writes this in Galatians 2, and he says this, what most would call prideful, and why probably at the end of Paul's life, he was telling Timothy, you know all those in Asia have turned away from me. Was for reasons like this. Bible says in Galatians 2, when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I rebuked Peter face to face. When he saw them what? Not walking uprightly, the place where God withholds no thing, no good thing. Oh, he'll withhold the good thing if you ain't walking there. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Lord moved upon Paul to correct Peter. And when he corrected Peter, he didn't say, Now, Peter, you need to get full of the Holy Ghost again, young man. <laughs> the message to Peter and all those there that day, because the legalizers trying to get them back under the law were there, the message was, Don't you know that even we are not saved by works of the law, but by the faith? He sent him back to Calvary. He sent him back to the cross. Because, see, justifying power to save is also the same power that sanctifies. There is no two ways. I want you to think about that. The upright place. And, 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 and people don't like it. They, they don't like you when you're pointing out that is not an upright walk before the Lord. Again, why did they hate Paul? Because he preached the gospel and would not allow anybody else to stand right there. See, there comes the rub right there. Mm. There will always be mixture out here. But there never need be mixture 
here. This preacher preaches, the next preacher preaches, the next preacher preaches. If they are of God, they are pointing to what he's pointing to. And if they are not, then somebody has got to be excused from the lineup. That is not hateful. That is not being a respecter of persons. That is being a good shepherd. Amen. Protecting the flock, feeding the flock. Yes. Not allowing poison on the table. Amen. Galatians chapter 3. Y'all wasted five minutes right there. I got, <laughs> I'm kidding. It wasn't a waste by far. Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. You've read it many times, but it is where we are. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And many would read this and say, who is this old prideful fool telling me I've been bewitched? (laughs) Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you? They were not there when Jesus was crucified. But the gospel that Paul preached to them, it was as if they saw it with their eyes and they believed it with their hearts. Watch. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did they receive the Spirit? Not by what they did, but by their faith in what Jesus did, which is the hearing of faith. And it's the only hearing that you can have that Jesus said, if you have, more will be given. More hearing of faith. Watch what it's tied to. Remember, it's tied to what Jesus did at Calvary. There is no faith. There is no faith that functions outside of the perimeters of Calvary's cross. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, meaning what you did, or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? You you took your first step in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Not when you lit a candle, turned on a song, went to church, bought a Bible, started reading it. You didn't know anything except you believed the gospel that you heard. You had the hearing of faith came and you were in the Spirit and you didn't know nothing about it. But the Bible says you began in the Spirit. And there's no other way to continue in the Spirit than the hearing of faith. And that's what he's saying here. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? That means when they became a Christian, they suffered for it. I mean, they suffered back then for being saved. Their families would say, you're no longer the family. Get out of here. Get, you're gone. And they suffer. And Paul is saying, have all, that you, have all that you suffered, has that been in vain? Because it will be if you try to go on in the flesh. All that will be a wasted for nothing. That's what he's saying. Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? He means, are you now going to grow by what you do in the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? Verse 5. He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And notice here in these first few verses in this third chapter that the hearing of faith is tied to obedience To the truth, which is all tied to a heart surrendered to what Jesus did at Calvary. I'm not talking about at the end of a message, some preacher just says, Now you know it takes the cross for all this. And that's all he said. No, the Bible has to be preached in its context. The Bible has to be preached in its context. All the words of God are in righteousness. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. 
and the righteousness of God that was manifest apart from the law by the faith of Christ only took place at Calvary. It didn't take place nowhere else. Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life by grace through faith, but that faith was not offered you until he died. The old covenant saints didn't even have the same faith we got. Galatians 3.23 says, when that faith has come. See, they had faith in a coming Redeemer. They couldn't even go to heaven. They had to go to paradise. Because all that was tight and shadow and temporary. Because the blood of animals couldn't get them into heaven. So they were tucked away in a temporary place until that faith came. Hallelujah. And that faith of the Son of God has been given to us so that we can now walk in the Spirit and escape our flesh destroying our lives, our marriages, our flesh raising our kids and then being twice the hellions that we were. The, 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 the walking in the Spirit can, can, can cause our children to avoid all the heartache that right. we went through. Yes, yes. It's supposed to be that way. They're not supposed to go through the dumb right. that we went through right. when we were dumb. Yes. No, but Christians, their children are acting the same way that they did, and we're so we're on the devil's puppet. We're saying, "Well, we all have to go through that." You know, I right, do. Right. I can't say anything to them for doing it because they don't know the power of the cross. Right. Once you start hearing the power of the cross and you accept it, everything in your life is going to change. Amen. Because then the Holy Spirit, as long as you keep your faith anchored there, and sometimes you might think it is, but the fruit in your life will show you that it is. That's right. right. When you surrender to the only place that God allows you to surrender is at the cross where His Son surrendered. Our surrender is Christ's surrender. Everything that we can experience... It's his experience. Our faith is his faith. You know the faith that you have is perfect, right? Yep. Well, you know it, I guess. <laughs> Your faith is perfect. How do I know? Because he measured it to you right out of the faith of the Son of God. God didn't tell you nothing that's not perfect. That's right. Amen. We might not exercise it, but if you will, it's perfect. Yes. And it allows the perfect work of the Holy Spirit. Come on, there you go. It's a perfect faith. It is. You know how I know? Because it works by love, and love can't fail. Come on. Faith never fails. I might fail to keep it, but faith can't fail. Right, right. come on. People say, Preacher, my faith is failing me. Hold on, son. (laughs) That's not scriptural. Your faith ain't never failed you. You fail to keep it. Right. You fail to exercise. Yes. Or you don't know the right object. Right. Something. But faith can't fail yeah. because it works by love. God is love and yeah. God can't fail. That's Come on. Amen. Faith never fails. No. And he gave you a perfect measure. Yes. You know when we fail? Only when we're not keeping the faith. Come on. And when we say, God, I'm keeping the faith, but I'm still failing He's going to help you learn keeping the faith means keeping your heart yielded to the sacrifice of Christ. Come on. This ain't about me getting my way. Right, right, right. This ain't about me being heard. Right. This ain't about me at all. This is about Jesus. Yes, come on. Experienced and expressed because I can only express Him to the degree I'm experiencing Him. That's right. That's right. And I can't even experience Him if my faith is not in His death. Come on. Everybody in the world might know my preacher's name and where I go to church. But the Bible says the Lord can't be seen outside of peace and holiness. And the cross, the work of the cross is the only thing that brings that into being seen. Do you want to live a victorious life? I know you do. Do you want to walk where God's called you to walk? I know you do. Well, he's shown you the way. All it is now is a choice. Will I go this way? Because if you do, it'll cost you everything. But as long as you keep clinging to that nail-scarred hand, you, like the Apostle Paul, will be able to count everything you lose 
as that loss. You know what you know what Paul meant when he said I count it all loss? The word loss, when you look it up, I hope you would, it means something that's been robbing you anyway. Ooh. Ooh. It's been robbing you. Right. If the Lord takes something away from you for the sake of the gospel, it was robbing you Come anyway. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's good. Paul counted it lost. Man, that's been robbed. That's been yes. hindering me anyway. Yes. Anyways. I'm counting it not only lost, but done. Done. Yes. Done. Sure. You got to to move on. Yes. Amen. You can't gain Christ to any degree Woo. without self being denied. That's right. Ain't gonna happen. You can go to church and be faithful there. You can give more money than everybody else. You can do 25 things in the ministry, but if you don't think they ain't gonna do the cross, you ain't doing nothing. Amen. Amen. Not gonna get rewarded for right. any of it. Right. None of it. Well, I guess that's enough for this morning. I hope the Lord has. Made the light a little brighter. That is a promise. Proverbs 4.18 says that the path of the just shines more and more unto the perfect day. If that's the path you're on, it's the path of righteousness. It's getting brighter. It's getting brighter. Who is the path? Jesus. Of course. It's getting brighter. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about I'm saying it and I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about this path of righteousness where God only leads his people. Proverbs 8, 20. He only leads in the path of righteousness. He only will restore my soul in the path of righteousness when my soul gets away. That path causes me to see not only a new horizon. I don't see an old dark horizon. I see... Something getting brighter like the sunrise every morning. That day star mm. is on the rise. Mm. And one day it's going to arise in our hearts yes. when we see him. But right now, that path is supposed to be getting brighter, not more gloomy. Right. right. Amen. Amen. Everybody ain't on it. Everybody got put on this path, but there's been lots of detours. Yeah. We got to stay on the path. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand with me this morning, if you will? Lord's been good to us today. Hallelujah.